0: Well, good morning, church. It's good to gather today and to be uh, all in this place as we continue to begin this new year together, and I know uh, during this time of year, it's a time of year when, when so many people are, are starting new things, new resolutions, new commitments, and if that's you, I'm glad for you. A lot of us have realized those don't always work, but maybe for you, one of those is, hey, I want to I be a part of a church, and I know, I know the last uh, couple of weeks you have had lots of people coming and looking for a faith family to belong to, looking for a church home, and if that's you, And I want to just say again, we would love nothing more than for this church to become your church, uh, for you to find what so many of us have found, uh, that Riverside um, can be a place that you can call home. Uh, There are people here who would love to love you, walk with you, journey with you. Uh, And you'll find out real quickly, we're not perfect. We don't have it all together. Uh, We've got more flaws than not. uh, But we are striving to love God well and love each other well. We are striving to live into the life that Jesus offers, to live differently. And if that's something you would want to strive for too, we'd love to, to journey with you. This, this month, as we begin this new year, we're talking about this idea, uh, asking this really simple but profound question, what's next? What's next for you individually and what's next for you collectively? And we've said this before and we'll keep saying it because I, I believe it's true. What's next collectively really does depend in some part up to what's next for you individually. I can tell you as a church and as a leadership of this church that we have never been more excited about what God is doing among us. This past weekend, our leadership gathered up in McKinney for our leadership, our annual leadership retreat. And I wish you could have been there. I wish you could have been, you know, looking in the windows and picking in the door and even sat in the room with us as, 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 uh, as we just talked and prayed together. Uh, you need to know you're, you're so loved by the leadership of this church, Um, You need to know that you've been prayed for. Uh, Our leaders on their hands and knees praying, crying out to God for you and for this church. And you need to know there is a genuine excitement for the future of this church because of the way God is moving among us in these days. It's an exciting time to ask that question, what's next? What is God going to do? And just so you know, just to be a little bit transparent, we're praying for some specific things for God to do. And we've shared those before and we'll share those again as we move through the year. But we're also praying for God To do some stuff that we can't even ask, think, or imagine. For God to surprise us. For God to move in ways that we can't even explain. For us to see him in these days do things that we all know in this room, only God could have done that. We we couldn't have done it. It's, It's only, only God. And maybe that's where you are in your life. Are you at a point in your life where you would love to have a story like that? That whatever happened, you know? That wasn't you. Whatever, whatever, whatever you prayed for and God came through, you attribute that was God. I don't know about you, but as people who are seeking to follow Jesus and know him more, I want those kind of stories in my life that I'm desperate for God, that we're seeking God in such a way that God is moving among us. And there are some times when we're sharing stories and we're like, let me just tell you what happened. And the only way to explain this is God. I think that's the kind of life that can happen when you and I lean into these red letters together. That's why we began three weeks ago with this idea... Hey, we want to be a people who are building our lives on Jesus, building our lives on the red letters, the teachings of Jesus. We want to follow him. We want to listen to him and follow him. And that means we have to lean in individually and collectively as a church, as a faith family, into the red letters. And, and again, if you haven't got on board yet, it's not too late. Hop on, download the PDF to to your phone, to your Kindle, wherever you want to do that, and jump on board and read along with us these red letters because we want to be a church that this is true for us, That we read daily the words of Jesus. But not just that. Last week we talked about this. What, What if what's next for us, what if what is true of us is that we give faithfully. That we become a people of uncommon generosity. We know this is true. We give to what we love. So what if our giving reveals that what we love is Jesus and his church? What could God do in these days among us? If we read daily and if we give faithfully, and then today we want to talk about this idea... What if we were a people who pray continually? That we are a people of prayer. I can tell you one of the desires of leadership of this church is that Riverside, that we become even more so a praying church. A collective of believers and followers of Jesus who were leaning hard into crying out to God to come and move among us, to do what only he can do in our presence to work in our hearts and in our lives, to transform us and to work through us to bless others in his name. That's something we're longing for and praying for. And I'd love for you to join that prayer. What would happen if we were a church, became a church? that this was true of us, we were praying continually for the presence of God among us. Let me ask it this way. If you could ask God to do one thing for you, If you could ask God to do one thing for you, what would it be? What would it be? Most of you know, my wife and I, we've got three kids, three amazing kids. Well, they're amazing most of the time. But we've got three kids. And if you've ever had kids, if you have kids, if you're a grandparent, if you're around kids, you know this is true about kids. Kids ask a lot of questions. In fact, I did a little bit of research this week, and I found one article that said that kids, on average, ask 73 questions a day, all right? They say the peak age for a kid's curiosity is, is age four. That's true for boys and for girls. And they say this, and this should give you moms some, some real, you know, ground to stand on, because I know you'll probably feel this. They say moms, on average, filled 413 questions a week, and that's per kid, so I started doing the math in my head. We've got three kids. That means, on average, my wife is probably fielding more than 1,200 questions a week. But that's not the only problem, because if you know my wife, and some of you are in the same boat, she's a teacher. And so she has a room full of, like, 20 kindergartners. So that's, that's over 8,000 questions a week, plus the other 1,200 questions my kids ask. Well, that's around 10,000 questions a week she's fielding. I don't know why she complains or why she's tired. I don't get it. I do know this, if you have a question, come ask her after church. She's the smartest person I know. She's a better search engine than Google, you know. Kudos to all you moms for filling all those questions every week. Kids ask questions. They ask a lot of questions. And they ask, sometimes they ask the same question over and over again. And kids are persistent in their asking. They they don't stop until they get their answers. This is the way kids are. Sometimes I think we grow up and we forget to ask questions. think we forget to ask God questions. Last week, in the middle of church, while we're in the middle of worship in our gathering, my daughter leans over, my youngest Emma, she's seven years old, and says, Dad, is the way we pray the only way to pray? And, you know, Zach is up here leading worship. We've got communion going on. I'm about to get up and preach on something entirely different. I don't have time to explain to her all the teachings of Jesus on prayer or, or the history of prayer, you know, all the way through Israel, the book of Psalms, the Jewish tradition of prayer. I don't have time to talk about the early church fathers or what we can learn about prayer from the mystics. I don't have time to download all that I know to my seven-year-old in this moment. So I didn't, but I think this is true. And if you've asked that question, and if you're asking that question today, is the way we pray the only way to pray? You need to know there's more than one way to pray. And one of those ways to pray is to ask God questions. But sometimes I think we forget to ask God questions, and, and it's probably for a lot of reasons. You know, we think God is, God is really busy He's got to keep the planning spinning. He's got to keep us exactly the right distance from the sun. There's the whole gravity thing. And if he doesn't watch out for that, we'll start floating away or sinking into the earth. That God has a lot of important things to do. There's galaxies and universes and stars and planets to all keep in alignment. God is busy. Can't bother God. Some of you probably felt like I felt. This is probably more true. There are people that have way bigger concerns and prayer requests than myself. We know people who are sick and who need God's help. We know that there are people that are homeless in our city that need God's help. We know that there are those around the world who are living on less than $2 a day, and they're, they're literally hungry. They're starving. They need God's help. We know there, there are people who have led, they, they've lived in war-torn countries, and now they're living in another place with their family and they're refugees in a, in a, in a foreign land, and they're trying to figure out how to take care of themselves and their kids. God's, God's got more important things than the things I've got to pray about. Or maybe you've prayed, and you feel like, maybe God just doesn't care. Ever felt that way? You know I've prayed. And if God really cared, do I need to pray more than once? Do I need to ask my questions more than once? If God is God and God is good, shouldn't I be able to pray just once and it be done? Why do I need to ask God over and over again? Do I have to really annoy him until I get what I want? Is that true? If that's true, it feels like God doesn't really care about me, and I don't know what to do with that. Maybe I shouldn't pray at all. And maybe because of that or something like that, you thought, man, yeah, I'm just not sure I should pray at all. Because I'm not convinced that God does care, or does hear, or does answer. And my guess is, and we've talked about this before, that probably if you've if you follow followed Jesus for any length of time, if you've prayed for any number of weeks or months or years, at some point along the way, you probably faced some kind of discouragement in your prayer life. You prayed and it felt like those prayers either weren't heard or weren't answered or went, you know, unfulfilled, whatever you were asking for. And at some point, the tried answers that people gave you about that, they really didn't help. And so you just stopped praying. When Jesus began his ministry. He gathered these first disciples together. And one of the things he talked about was prayer. If you have your Bibles or the Bible app, you can open up to Matthew 7. We're going to be there in just a moment. I think this is so important and so interesting. Because Jesus gathers these disciples and he wants to tell them about what God is like and what happens when they pray. You may wonder what was prayer like in the days of Jesus. And the truth is, uh, the the, the people of God in the days of Jesus were a praying people. The Jewish people, the, the, the people of Israel were very devout in their prayer life. Every morning they began with prayer. Every evening they ended with prayer. All throughout the day was filled with prayer. The Psalms, the the largest book in your scriptures, was their prayer book, was their psalm book. In fact, scholars say that the average Jew in the day of Jesus had the entire book of Psalms, all 150, committed to memory. They prayed these prayers every day, every year, over and over again. They knew these prayers, they knew these words, and they were a praying people. But the problem was, in the days of Jesus, it had been some 400 years since they had had or received a word from God. It had been 400 years since there had been a prophet of God, or a person from God, a man or a woman from God, bringing news from God, or or helping them, or leading them. And so when Jesus gathers these first disciples in Matthew 7 and begins talking to them, one of the questions he wants to answer is this question. Does God hear us when we pray? Because it's been a long time since we feel like we've prayed and God answered. Some of you have felt that. You've prayed and prayed and prayed and you're not sure if or when or how God's going to answer. But they've been at it for 400 years. So Jesus gathers these early disciples, and I want you to hear what Jesus says to them. In Matthew 7, verse 7, he says this. Here's what you need to know. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. Jesus says, keep on. Keep on praying, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. And I'll be honest with you, almost every time I've ever read or heard this scripture read or taught, it's always been the same thing. What we're talking about here, what Jesus is talking about here, is your persistence in prayer. Keep bugging God, keep bothering God, keep coming after God. But I don't think that's what Jesus is teaching here. Partly because that's so unlike Jesus to paint God in that light, and that's so unlike God, and that's so unlike every other message we have about God. I don't think for a moment Jesus here is trying to say, you gotta keep being persistent. You gotta keep coming at God with your questions, you gotta keep bugging him to death and annoy him until he answers you. He's not talking about human persistence. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about God's goodness. God loves you so much that he loves to hear you pray. So keep on asking. He, he loves it. Keep on seeking. Oh, man, he, he, he loves it when you seek him. He loves, he loves to, to, to welcome you into his presence. Keep on knocking. He's going to open that door and invite you to come right on in. That's exactly what Jesus says in verse 8. Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. God loves to hear you pray he loves it when you ask your questions he loves it when you seek him and he loves it when you knock on his door and he will always open that door he will always welcome you into his presence you will always find him when you pray this is what God is like if the question is does God hear you when you pray I know it's been a long time Jesus, up here on this 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 mountain, is talking to him. I know you feel like it's been a long time. If the question that's burning in your heart today is, "Does God hear you when you pray?" Let me answer that right now. At the very beginning of my ministry, yes, God loves it. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Jesus wants you to know this is truth. This is what God is like. He loves to hear you pray. And it's not that you're going to receive exactly what you ask for. That's not what he's talking about. This isn't placing your order and you getting it your way right away. That's not what Jesus is teaching. He's just telling you, this is what God is like when you pray. Does God hear you when you pray? The answer is a resounding yes. But Jesus goes on. He says, I want you to get it. Verse 9, you parents. We've got some parents in the audience today, you parents. If your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? You you can see Jesus smiling, almost laughing. It's a sense of humor here. You parents, if your kid asks you for bread, are you going to give them a rock? No. Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? You can just see them all, like, start cackling now. No, nobody would ever do that. I mean, maybe. But no, you're good parents, right? Of course not. So if you sinful people, if if you parents who you know you are perfectly imperfect— You're not, you don't have it all together. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, can we read these three words together? Let's say them out loud. How much more, one more time, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? This is what God is like. Nothing gives God more delight than to give good gifts to those who ask him. And somebody just started praying for a million (laughs) dollars. But Jesus isn't talking here about financially blessing you with a million dollars. You know that. He's talking about something way more important. He's talking about the relationship that you and I enjoy as his children. He's talking about the status that you and I have as his sons and daughters and that he has not just as the creator of the universe and not just as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, but that name that Jesus calls him so often. Father, God is your Father, and he loves to hear you pray, and he loves to give good gifts to those ask him. This is the relationship that we enjoy with our Father. And here's what Jesus is saying, God, God listens. God hears you, and he's at work. Yeah, I know it's often in invisible ways behind the scenes, but he's always working things out for your good and for his ultimate glory. You can trust him you can tr- when you pray, you can trust him, and you can trust him to hear you and to do for you exactly what any good father would do for you in your situation. I saw this quote from Tim Keller last week, or I was reminded of it, and, and I think he hits it on the head. Tim Keller once said this, God will either give us what we ask for in prayer, or give us what we would have asked for if we knew everything that he knows. Don't you love that? Every parent, every grandparent, every person that's been in charge of kids, you know this, that that kids ask, and they ask, and they ask. And sometimes you can give them exactly what they want because because you can. It's good for them, and you want them to have it. Other times they ask for things, and you you can't give it to them. And sometimes they're going to understand that, and sometimes they won't understand that. But the reason that you can't give them what they want is for one reason. You, You know what that reason is. You can't do it for one reason, because you love them. And you know that what they're asking for is not for their good. And Jesus is saying the same thing is true of God. God loves to hear you pray, and he loves to give good gifts to those who ask him. And, yes, sometimes he will, sometimes maybe he won't. We don't always know how that works out. But you need to know this, whether he does or doesn't or however that works out in your life, you can always go back to this. God loves you. And don't miss this, that Because of your status, because of your relationship to God as your father, because you are a son, you are a daughter of the God of the universe, when you pray, you get to genuinely interact with the one who has all the power. Here's what is amazing. That when you choose to pray, you can change the trajectory of the world. Because God does listen. He does hear. He does love you. And Jesus just said he loves to give good gifts to those who ask him. So keep on. Keep on praying. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. There is nothing God loves more. And he's not saying that God is a genie in the bottle who's going to grant your every wish. Actually, it's better than that. He's your Father he who is going to always work out things for your ultimate good and his ultimate glory. This is what God is like. And this is the promise that every time you ask, every time you seek, every time you knock, he's going to open that door and welcome you into his presence. And you will find everything you need in the light of his presence. So if you believed that when you pray, the God of the universe was listening and ready to give you every good gift, what would you pray for? If you could ask for one thing, if God could do one thing for you, what would it be? You know what Jesus says? Jesus says, ask, ask him. So what is it? What is it that you're desperate for God's help with today? What is it that only God can do? Who do you need God to help you reach? Who do you need God to heal? What is broken that you need God to restore? Jesus says, ask your Father in heaven. And Jesus says, seek him. Are you wondering, God, where are you right now? Are you wondering, God, are you real? Are you wondering, God, can you hear me when I pray? God, are you near? Jesus says, seek him. You will find him. And Jesus says, knock. What door do you need God to open? What problem do you need God to fix? When's the last time you knocked on the door and you just walked in and sat in the presence of God just to be with him? Who is it that you need to bring through that door in prayer and usher them into the presence of God because you need that they know the they need the light of God in their life? Jesus says, "Knock. Keep knocking. Ask, seek, and knock." Why? How much more will your Father, your Heavenly Father, give good gifts to those who ask Him? Our kids ask us a lot of questions. And they ask over and over again. Not because we're bad parents. Not because we're busy parents. Not because we're annoyed or unconcerned about their well-being. They keep asking because of this one truth that they know that they hold on to. They keep asking questions of us because we love them. And they know we love them. Jesus says you can keep asking, you can keep seeking, you can keep knocking because God loves you. And he is your father in heaven. And your father, your father hears every prayer you pray. Your father will hear every prayer you pray. So keep asking. Keep seeking, keep knocking. The problem is a lot of us have stopped. One of of our favorite songs at our house right now is a song that was written and released last year by a couple named Brian and Katie Torwalt, and it's called Praise Before My Breakthrough. The chorus of the song says this. It's really simple. I'll praise before my breakthrough till my song becomes my triumph." I will sing because I trust you. I will bring my heart, and I will lift my song. And I love the thought, I love the sentiment, because I think it captures part of God's heart here. This is what he's asking us to do, is don't stop praying. So many people stop praying before they experience breakthrough. But Jesus wants to invite us to come back and to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking, to keep praying. God will hear and God will answer. But so many people stopped praying before, before they experienced that breakthrough. And I was just thinking this week, man, what if, what if that had happened in the story of God? You know, what if, what if, Abraham, what if Abraham had stopped believing in God and, and believing that God was, was with him when he, when he went up on the mountain to, to offer his son? Abraham would have never become the father of many nations. What if the children of Israel had had stopped believing in God before they crossed the waters? They would have never entered into the promised land. What if Peter had stopped believing in God after he denied Jesus three times? He would have never seen 3,000 come to know Christ. He had denied Christ three times. There were a thousand people for every denial who came to know Jesus after he denied Jesus because he didn't stop believing in Jesus. What if Paul had stopped believing in God and believing in Jesus when he was experiencing pain and suffering in his own life, the thorn in the flesh, you and I might not even be here today. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. And I don't know if you'll experience breakthrough this week or next month or next year, or you may not experience it this side of heaven, but here is the promise. When you ask, when you seek, When you knock, God will hear. And he will welcome you into his presence. So don't stop praying. Don't stop. Because God loves you. If you could ask God to do one thing for you, what would it be? Here's what we want to do today. We want to ask you to write that down. Uh, if you would, if you're on the end of an aisle, go ahead and take um, that stack of post-it notes and just tear one off and pass it down to the person next to you. What I want to ask you to do as I, as I talk is I want to ask you to write down whatever that thing is, whatever that prayer request is, whatever, that, whatever you're asking God for, where, whatever you're desperate for God to do, where, wherever you need God to act in your life, in the, in the life of someone you love, in the life of this church. What we want to do this morning is we want to write down those things that we're praying for God to do. And we want to post it on these doors. Jesus said, keep on knocking. So we're just going to go ahead and just, we're going to knock, we're going to put them on the door where you can see them real easy. I want you to write those down. And in just a moment, when we stand, I'm going to ask our shepherds and their wives to go. There's there's a door here to my right, to my left. There's one on stage. Just so you know how this is going to work, we're going to have shepherds at each, at each door just to kind of welcome you and for you to post that on the door. If whatever it is you're praying for, or you're desperate for God for, you're begging God for, if it's of a confidential nature and you would rather just hand it to a shepherd, they would love to take that confidentially and keep that and pray for that this week for you. If you you want them to pray over you in this moment, they would love nothing more than to circle up by that door or in the corner and just offer up a prayer for you, usher you into God's presence. They would love to do that for, for you. But I want you to write down that request, and in a moment when we stand and as we sing, I want you to make your way to those doors. And let's do this. Let's ask. Let's seek. Let's knock together. Let's put these prayers on these doors and offer them to God. And then there's one more step. At the very end, Grace is going to come up here and close us out. And after he does, I want to invite you to go back to those doors and take one of those requests, but not your own. And I want to ask you this week to pray continually over that request. You may or may not know who you're praying for. It may have a name on it. It may not. It's okay to post it anonymously. That's totally fine. But if a prayer has been posted today on one of these doors, chances are that somebody needs you or needs somebody in this church to carry this burden for them. They've carried it for a while and they need some help. And if we're going to be a praying church, and this is what has to be true of us, we have to learn to pray for each other. And we want to pray for each other. And so At the very end, I want you to come back to these doors and just grab one of these requests. Any one you want. Just pick one off the door. Put that in your pocket, in your wallet, in your your purse, wherever you're, you're going to be able to see it. And this week, I want you, I want you to ask. I want you to seek. I want you to knock on someone else's behalf. And if I could challenge you, if you want to go next level, whatever you posted, don't pray for that this week. Don't pray for your own request. Focus your heart and center your mind on praying for the person that God has given you to pray for. And trust someone else to carry your burden this week. And let's see what God does when we individually and collectively ask, seek, and knock together. Everybody got it? If you got it, say got it. I'm not convinced, but I feel like you're with me. If you got it, say got it. We can do it. Church, if you would, let's stand together. I want to ask our shepherds and their wives to go ahead and make their way to one of these three doors. What if we did this? What if we leaned in hard together into prayer? Into believing that the God of the universe is with us, for us, and in us? The God of the universe is not just creator, not just king of kings, but he is our father, and he loves to give good gifts to those who ask him. And what if we began praying, not just for ourselves, but if we really started praying for each other, what would we see God do this year in the life of this church, in the life of us? If we went to God, and we asked, and we seeked, and we knocked. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever and ever and ever. And the church said, Amen. As we sing, would you post your prayers?